Hello and welcome. What you're about to hear is an interview with another bookkeeper. I feel like it's important for bookkeepers to know that bookkeeping is not a one-size-fits-all. Rather, bookkeeping is what you make of it. You get to decide what you do, how often you do it, and who you do it for. I thought that there would be value in having us listen to other bookkeepers describe their business and how they run their business. My goal for this is to encourage and inspire you to think about what you want to do and how you want to do it and just hear how other people got to where they are. Let's begin. I'm here with Jolene Fleming of Upper Left Accounting. She owns an accounting and tax firm in Washington State. She's someone that I've known for a couple of years. And I'm just super excited for you guys to hear all of the tips and tidbits and everything. Yes, thank you so much for having me. What's awesome or unique or different about you is you're in a tiny town. Like there's no two ways about it. And that you have, if I remember correctly, you've purchased books of businesses. I did, yeah. So I guess like the big question that a lot of people that are getting into this industry have is like, how do I gain experience? Right. To basically build that like no trust factor, right? And so I think that that's kind of where buying the book of business might come in as an option, right? Which is the path that I chose. I'm super curious. Like, how did you find the book to buy? And like, how was the experience? Would you recommend it? Like anything and everything you want to say? (laughs) Yeah. So I started about five years before I actually bought the book of business. I started part-time as an employee for the owner of the firm. So she owned her own bookkeeping firm. She was a one-man show and I started learning the books for her client base. I did have prior accounting experience. I have been in the industry pretty much my whole career. Started out at a cell phone tower construction company. So it was just paper file folder organizing, right? So I started out doing that two days a week and then slowly kind of moved my way up. As I mastered one task, the owner and the office accountant gave me more. You've mastered the simple data entry. Now, why don't you start working with accounts payable? So accounts payable is my first real accounting function that I took on. And it really taught me a lot about accounting in itself. From there, I started processing payroll. And then office manager accountant left the firm and they brought me on full time. And so then I was doing accounts receivable. And this was a multi-million dollar construction company that used Sage, job costing, you know, all the bells and whistles. So I really really learned a lot. So that's usually my first recommendation is like find somewhere where you can grow and get in at the base floor and learn as you go, right? I'm a very much a hands-on type of person. So that was great for me to be able to learn that way. In 2008, I did get laid off during the recession and I ended up going back to school and getting my AA in accounting and was quickly hired on with electrical contractor. And then that's when I got the job with the bookkeeping firm. I stayed with her for five years and got to the point where we had hired staff. I trained and managed them, mostly focused on sales and cleanups and then supporting the staff with the monthly recurring books. So she stepped away and took more of a CEO role. She really loves business development. She didn't really like the accounting side of it too much, which it was a great fit because that was my love language was accounting. So (laughs) (laughs) nice. So yeah, then we worked side by side for about five years and built the business up. We niched. When I first came on with her, it was a wide variety of different client and industries. Then we ended up niching into construction. And so then we just really changed our marketing and really built a good solid book of business. And one thing that we didn't offer was tax services. And I knew that I always wanted to own my own firm. And I 
was interested in taxes. And so she was like, why don't you open your own tax firm and we can work side by side and refer clients back and forth. You'll, you can still keep your job here and just have taxes kind of like a side hustle. So I did do that. I opened my business, Upper Left Accounting in June 2020. And by September, it just really took off, you know, with the networking that I was doing. And so by around September, I told her, I was like, I really think that I want to go out on my own. And so I gave her notice until I was like, I'll give you till the end of the year, like plenty of notice because yeah. I was such a big part of the business at that time. Right. And after a bunch of back and forth, she had decided that she didn't want to find a replacement for me. She didn't want to run the business without me and step into my position. So she proposed that I purchase the business from her. We both got lawyers. We did an evaluation of the business. We wanted to make sure that we did it the right way and that we both felt really good about the decision. And so she was really excited to kind of refocus on some other career goals that she had. nice thing about going this route versus just buying a book of business is that I already had the relationship with all the clients. I already knew the systems and the tech. And so the the transition was really seamless. I think we lost maybe two or three clients, but it wasn't necessarily due to the transition. It was just time for them to move on to a different either in-house or a different firm. And so, yeah, I was officially the owner of the business as of January 1st, 2021. I was like, oh, maybe she went on to like biz buy sell. And you're like, no, I was working at a firm and I just loved everything and it worked out. It did. It did work out really great. I mean, buying a firm is also on my radar within the next five years, possibly buying a tax firm to like beef up our t
ever since. I hired remotely and was able to find some really qualified trained talents. So then it was just a few of us left in the office. And so it was just me and one other gal. And she was like, well, if everybody else is working from home, I would love the opportunity to work from home. And I was like, yeah, I totally get it. And then it was just me. And I was like, why am I paying $3,000 a month for an office space just for me? And so we did decide to go remote. To circle back to the services, we really know the state well. Washington State is very tricky for payroll. It's very tricky with sales tax, very tricky with licensing. Being able to not only niche in one industry, but in one location has really helped us grow because we just know the ins and out of the state taxes and regulations so well. So we do offer business licensing and registered agent services. So what that looks like is for a new business, we can help them set up all their accounts with the state and get all their licensing in order. For existing businesses, we help make sure that their licensing gets renewed on time every year because we found a lot of business owners, <laughs> that's like the last thing on their mind. And then the registered agent services are nice because we accept any legal summonses for the clients. Our address is the record on Secretary of State and all that stuff. So we also help like throughout the year as clients are changing or moving locations, keeping their licensing updated, GBAs, that kind of thing also. So it's not a very expensive service that we offer. It's not a money-making service. I would say 90% of our clients are signed up for in our firm. So they definitely like having that convenience factor. And then, yeah, so the payroll. So Washington State is a very complicated state when it comes to payroll. We have state-mandated workers' compensation, state unemployment. We have paid family medical leave tax. We have a new CARES Act tax. And then just knowing all the compliance as well. And so I'm a firm believer in offering payroll services when you understand the complexities of federal regulations as well as state regulations for whatever state your clients have employees in. So in my case, we just have Washington state clients, only have Washington state employees. So it makes it a little bit easier. So really knowing the compliance, both federally and state. So that was one thing that I did have when I hired out of state employees is one thing that I did have to spend time on was training them on their state specific compliance. But to me, it's worth it. And so then construction has its own certified payroll, sometimes depending on the job site. So another area that I have supported and trained the team in is that certified payroll. So the certified payroll does have some complexities to it and some industry-specific knowledge, software-specific knowledge. There's state reporting that needs to happen when payrolls are filed. There's also sometimes outside softwares that need to be reported and just kind of depending on the general contractor and the job. But if you're going to look at taking on construction, it's one thing to be aware of is that it could pop up, right? And so you can either choose not to offer that service. And then if you do, just, you know, making sure that you understand the complexities of it because there are a whole other set of regulations that you have to learn and be aware of as you're servicing your clients. We offer also sales tax services. So that's another thing that a lot of other bookkeepers kind of shy away from is sales tax. And I get it because if you're trying to do it in multiple states, it could be very taxing and complex. Again, luckily, we just do Washington State. So we, we know the state reporting regulations pretty well. So we're able to support our clients. And, and honestly, I would say because we offer that service and because our state requires it, it has definitely helped in marketing and bringing in clients because most of my clients come to me and say, I'm behind on sales tax filing. I don't even know how to do it. Is this something that you can help me with? 
And then they need that recurring service because most of our clients are monthly filers, but some are quarterly as well. But offering that service, I think has opened up another door for us to bring in more clientele. So I think that that's been really, really successful. So another thing that we offer that is not necessarily specific to the construction niche, but something that a lot of them need is accounts payable and accounts receivable. So we do AP with WeUseBill.com and we have a whole process for receiving the bills, processing the bills, getting approval for payment. And then for AR, usually more of our bigger contractors that have to do schedule of values or SOWs for their client are the ones that hire us because their invoicing is a little bit more complex. But our smaller guys who just like invoice on the job are more service-based. They usually just do the invoicing themselves because it just makes more sense. Right. Um, Sometimes another common service in this niche is job costing. So if we have clients who are doing billing on time and materials, they usually engage with us for the job costing service and AR service so that we can gather all the data for what needs to be invoiced and then invoice for it instead of the client having to try to manage all that because it's a lot to manage, especially on bigger jobs, that kind of stuff. Yeah. So I'm wondering, like, where did your clients find you? Because you're in a a small town, like you could go to a networking event, meet everyone in town all at once. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, definitely. So we've done a few different marketing tactics. So at the beginning, when we were really ramping up and trying to get a good client base, we did networking events, right? Those are not my favorite because everyone's like, oh, you do accounting? It's hard to only speak to your niche account at networking events unless you have a niche specific networking event. But it did really help at the beginning as we were building our client base, just getting clients so that we could get experience with different industries and really solidify our processes. So it did help at the beginning. And then when we really niched in, I found that networking events were not as successful because they refer you everybody. And I always feel bad when I have to tell people no. And so then I'm taking all these clients that don't really fit into our processes. And so that was kind of hard. And so then we started doing more industry-specific, niche-specific events. So we've done vendor booths at home shows. We've done education and speaking events at LNI. So LNI is our state workers comp and they do educational events about once a quarter. So there we did quite a few speaking and education events for LNI, which was great also because we're speaking directly to our niche. I've done vendor booths at like Sherwin Williams Pro Show where you know it's all painter businesses that are coming in and out. And then as we build our client base, we really just were referral basis. And that was how we really built the book of business. Within this last year, I've invested in some Google ads with SEO. I am not doing it myself because I am not a pro (laughs) in that field. And it can cost a lot of money if you try, if you do it incorrectly. So I built the business up to a place where we could invest in someone managing that for us. And we did that because the type of clients that we were getting referral based and from these vendor booths were smaller, one-man show or up to, you know, three employees, which is great. We love servicing those clients, but we really wanted to expand and offer these higher level services of the accounts receivable. We call them like controller services and CFO services. And so we targeted like our Google ads to market towards bigger construction companies. And by offering the tax services, we've been able to get some of those bigger clients because those bigger clients want an all-inclusive solution for their accounting. And so when they come to us, they're like, this is amazing because I don't need to go to three different people. I don't have to go to like ADP to do my payroll. I have a bookkeeper and then I have a tax accountant. They can have a comprehensive solution.
resolution. And we actually this year decided not to do tax services for anybody that's not a bookkeeping client. Because what we were finding is all the tax clients wanted... It's just so hard when you are not the ones doing their books. You don't know enough about their business to really be able to be a partner and have like a holistic approach to their accounting. And so I always tell, we need all the pieces to the puzzle to be able to service you the best. And having missing pieces, it's like there's always going to be holes. And that's really what we found out our first few years of offering tax to just anybody is it left holes. We weren't able to service the clients to the best. And I always want to service my clients the best and I want them to have the best experience. And we were finding that wasn't happening when we were just offering tax. Yeah. So I don't really have a preference, but the clients seem to like having kind of everything under one roof. I imagine it makes it easier. They have one person they call no matter what the question is. Yeah. And we were finding when it comes to the year end taxes, there's so many moving pieces that we already know a majority of the moving pieces. And so it makes it a pretty seamless transaction for the client on the client side. And then also internally getting everything from accounting over to tax. We're constantly working on improving our client experiences and our processes. And it's fun. Well, kind of. I'm not a big (laughs) fan. After I decided to do tax, I was like, oh, never mind. I don't want to do tax. So I hired a tax director and I have two people in my tax department and I don't do any client work anymore. I don't even know when I would have the time to do client work at this point. I get that. I don't know how our days fill up, but they do. And then we're like, oh, I should just send a thank you note to the team because (laughs) I'm busy and I'm thankful that they do the things. Yeah, definitely. We have a team of like 10 of us now and I would be lost without my team. I couldn't run this business that I do and we couldn't support as many clients as we do. And everybody keeps asking me like, when are you going to be done growing? And I'm like, I don't really know because I love supporting clients and watching their businesses grow and knowing that we're a small piece of the their puzzle in that growth. So for me, it'd be hard to stop and close the doors and say, okay, we're not taking on any more clients because there are so many out there that need help. And unfortunately, we've seen clients come to us that are just in the weeds, you know, haven't filed taxes in seven years, behind on payroll tax, on sales tax. I've had clients come to me because they had an in-house accountant who was embezzling from them and they are like, I need help or I'm going to lose my business. And to know that we can help them keep their dream and their business alive is just really important to me. And so that's kind of a little bit about my journey. Nice. In order to grow, you need team members and they're not just, you know, next door. So I'm curious myself, but also for anybody listening, how do you find your team members? Because not everybody wants to open shop. Like some people just want to work at a company where the owner is super cool. And I'm like, you're growing, you're hiring. (laughs) Yeah. Even if you're not hiring today, you're hiring in general. Yeah. Yeah. I'm usually, I like already know that I'm going to need to hire again within the next beginning of quarter two, probably. I've done it a few different ways. The most successful though, has actually been on Indeed. I've done job postings in the Facebook groups for bookkeepers and I've hired a few people out of those groups. That's something that we've worked on a lot in this last year is our employee onboarding because I didn't really have any employee onboarding because it was just five of us and it was in office and I was able to sit with them and train them and and show them everything. And then when we went to this remote world and I started hiring remote people, it was like, oh my gosh, how do we do this? And I love being face-to-face and training. Um, So going remote was kind of hard on me as a business owner. But again, it was really what I needed to do to grow my team and be able to take on more clients and really remove myself from even just quality reviews. Like even if my team was doing the bookkeeping, I was still the one that had all the knowledge. And so then sometimes I was a bottleneck. They were coming to me with questions and I just was so in the weeds with running a business that I couldn't give them the support that they needed. And so, yeah, I decided, well, let's see. We're in 
in a super small town and it took me 25 minutes from my house to get to the office. And so find someone with that knowledge in the area was really, really difficult. So we did have a lot of employee turnover last year, but I overhired because one, we were growing so fast. I knew that we were going to need more people. And two, I guess you just never know, right? So my last hire, I had two really, really good candidates and I literally could not pick between the two of them. And so I ended up hiring both of them. And since then, one of them has left. Actually, my other account manager, he started working for me on a project basis last year. So at year end, I needed someone to come in and do all my year end reviews. Um, And I found him on Upwork. And then we brought him on as a project basis to do some of our cleanups that we were getting because at the beginning of the year is when everybody needs their books cleaned up. And we're also like the busiest. So he did some cleanups for me. And then I actually offered him a full-time job. So he works for me full-time now. And that was a total score. He's great. All my team is great. I think my team knows how much I appreciate them, but I never want to question it. Like you said, we wouldn't have these businesses and be able to do what we do and grow and follow our dreams if we didn't have a team. And so I just always want them to know how much they're appreciated and how they're so vital to the business. For that, I'm forever thankful. And my number one goal with all of my team is that I understand that they're employees and that means that they're probably not going to be with me forever. And that's okay. When they leave, I want them to feel like they are a better person, a better employee, a better accountant than they did when they came in. And so I invest a lot in continuing education. Both my account managers want to get their CPA and I'm fully on board for it. I'm like, yeah, let's do it. If that's what you want, I'm here to support you because it's only going to better the business. It's going to better all of our teammates with that additional knowledge and better our clients and their experience and the service that we're giving them. So that's what I strive for every day when I walk in my office is That's awesome. I'm excited for your team members, the current and the future ones. So we will be hiring again. I'm not really sure what that's going to look like. What we're working on right now in quarter one is really defining the roles that we need to fill because we have like a lot of little gap, but it's like not necessarily like a role, right? And so when we're looking at where the gaps are in our processes and services, I'm like, well, it's kind of not like one specific role that we need. So trying to noodle on that and trying to figure out how to fill those gaps is kind of a challenge sometimes, but also fun part of putting the puzzle together as a business owner. (laughs) Exactly. Yes. I can see that. It reminds me of like a jigsaw puzzle when you're sorting by colors, but you have colors that don't really match. You're like, oh, put it over here and I'll decide where it goes later. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Or pieces that have all the colors, right? Like sometimes I have people come to me and they can do all the things. And I think that that's fantastic. And it's like, okay, well, I don't want you to come in and feel like you're drinking from a fire hose. So let's just start like with one thing. And when you master that, gradually add to your plate. And so the forethought when that's going to be needed is difficult. How do you forecast your team's capacity? Because like right now, my team's like, like, oh my gosh, we're all at capacity because we actively bring in on clients. So that's a fun dance to try to figure out. And every business is different and there's no set method to measure capacity with your team. So it's something that I constantly struggle with. Same. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like every time I get a lead, I message Megan. I'm like, how are you feeling? Should we yeah. pursue this or no? <laughs> and then the leads could be like, we have a quarterly, like a business builder package for new businesses that are making under $150,000 a year. That takes no time. Like I'm working right now with a multi-million dollar construction company that we're getting ready to onboard. And it's like, okay, well, those two companies are drastically different as far as capacity with the team. It's hard. And like, that's another question that you see come up in these groups all the time is like, how 
many accounts or how many clients can one bookkeeper manage? And there's no straight answer. No. Unless you're only taking clients in one service package. This is what I'm learning. Once you figure everything out, your business changes or your business grows. And then it's like, okay, now we have to figure all this out again at this different level. I'm hoping that there's tremendous satisfaction to go with the (laughs) frustration and wondering. Yeah. This last year was a really, really hard year of growth as a business owner. There was many, many days where I was like, I don't want to do this anymore. Maybe I should just close my business down or sell my business, go get a job. Like, I don't know what to do anymore. So if any other people are feeling that way, you are not alone. I feel like that is a very normal feeling. And the one thing that really got me out of the weeds and got me out of the mud was reaching out for help. I brought some high level players into my firm this year and have a good community and network of people who have really been able to help support me and guide me. Because one thing about buying a business is normally when you start a business and you become a business owner, you guys grow together. And it's like this harmonious growth. I feel like I got on the back of a dragon and (laughs) I had this business that was already experiencing substantial growth. And I was a brand new business owner. And this was not something that I foresaw. Like I thought I could just get on the dragon and ride it all day long. And oh my gosh, was I wrong. The first year was great. I was riding that dragon and I thought everything was going great, but I was really, really blindsided by a lot of things that I didn't necessarily foresee. And ever since then, it's just been trying to tame the dragon back down and growing as a business owner. So part of that growth as a business owner was realizing that I am not the best at everything and I cannot do everything on my own, which is really hard for me personally to acknowledge (laughs) by doing so and bringing in other key players into the firm and delegating the things that I am not great at is really, really allowed business to grow and just get back on the right track. So I'm really excited to see where this year goes with those new key players on the team. And yeah, just riding the dragon, trying to train it. (laughs) Yeah, that's good. It's all good to hear. I would have thought that it would be easier to have purchased because you had been working at the firm for a while. And so it it seems like a easy-ish transition. I say this of my clients all the time. Like these guys work in the construction field and they're like, oh, I do all the work and my boss brings home all the money. I'm going to just do my own business because I want to take home all the money. (laughs) So I always say that of my clients. And then I'm like, oh, well, Jolene, you kind of did the exact same thing. When I bought it, I thought it would be like, oh, no big deal. I'm already doing all the things from a client work perspective. Yes. From a business ownership processes CEO role, I was not quite ready. I don't know if there's anything that you can do to get ready for that except be thrown into the fire. I really don't know. Unfortunately, you know, we lost a lot of clients during this last year with a transition to some new team members and me trying to step out into a CEO role. And so that's, I guess, another warning I would give to new business owners or new bookkeepers who are looking to grow their business that want to bring a team on is that when you're positioning yourself at the beginning is really position yourself to be a business and not a person. So when we were getting referrals, it was like, oh, you need to go see Jolene. Like Jolene will take care of you. Jolene, Jolene, Jolene. And while that was great, once I stepped out, 
I had a client tell me even like, well, I didn't hire your business. I hired you. And I was like, well, it's not really how this works. Unfortunately, I'm not your employee. This is a business to business transaction. So if you're thinking of bringing on a team and truly trying to remove yourself from that day to day is that when you're marketing, market as the business instead of just as yourself, because it's a hard transition for clients when they they have to go to your team instead of yourself. That was a hard transition and something that I wish I would have realized sooner so that I could have been more strategic about that transition to build it more around the team and the business itself. My goal is eventually to sell my business. And if the business is built on my back, that's harder to sell than a business that is standalone without the CEO being in the day-to-day operations. That's awesome. This whole thing has been awesome. (laughs) So I hope that some of my experience can help. I just love being part of the community. And if someone can learn from my mistakes and not go through the same mistakes that I went to, then that just makes me feel great because that's what a community should all be about. So any community that you build, it should be about sharing experiences and helping to make sure that some of us don't get stuck in the same mud and weeds that we've already been through and how to kind of avoid that moving forward. Yeah, I think it's hugely awesome. Like super, super great. So thank you. 